0: Hey, hey, good morning everybody. Welcome to Summit Church Online on this December the 6th. I'm right here in my backyard. It's a nice sunny morning. Uh, I tried to meet outside, but a lot of folks wanted to stay home today. And uh, so we kind of gauged where the congregation was at. So we're doing uh, Church Strictly Online this morning. We will be back to in person as soon as we can find a good indoor solution. But God bless you guys. Grab your coffee, grab your Bible, grab a pen, grab a blanket, grab a loved one. Share this link with a friend, will you, Pastor Wayne H. Across all my various uh, social media channels, my youtube.com forward slash Pastor Wayne H. Facebook.com forward slash Pastor Wayne H, Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, all those various feeds. Uh, I got my neighbor's dog barking, so that's fun and exciting. But grab everything you need, and we're going to start worship in about five minutes. Everybody, good morning, welcome to church today. Glad you're joining me. We're gonna sing some Christmas songs and like I said share this link with a friend. Tell them church has started and uh, we going to, we're gonna we're gonna get in the holiday spirit today. Join to the
1: world the Lord is better.
0: prayer holy spirit we welcome you on this feed here today i pray that everything we say and do would bring honor and glory to your name this holiday season father is unlike any that we've experienced before and this social distance can drive us a little crazy but god we thank you that you knew all along that these things would happen and you're our sustainer you're the giver of life Every good and perfect gift comes down from you, the Father of heavenly lights. And so Father, I pray that you would just glorify yourself during this season. Help us to stop thinking about ourselves and start thinking about others. And as we think about others, we make you the focus and the center of our lives that you're gonna help us to make you uh, the point of everything. Because Lord, our lives are not about us, it's about you. And uh, knowing you and making you known. So bless us today and help us as we worship and as we study your word in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be studying the Minor Prophets today, the, the Messiah in the Minor Prophets. And we're going to be finishing up the Old Testament. We've taken the whole year to get to the through the Old Testament up to this point. And so next year we're going to be studying the New Testament uh, in, in greater detail. We're going to take the remainder of December, the following Sundays, into the new year and do a quick overview of the New Testament. And then 2021 is going to be uh, sort of an in-depth study of Matthew through Revelation. So I'm excited about the study today. There's really wonderful things about prophecy and the spirit of prophecy. But um, talk about the light. that, That little castle rock over there, what is it, right there? At night, that star lights up right there. And I always think about... The light of the world, that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And anyone that would come to him would not walk in darkness because we've seen his great light. So that star reminds us that not only did God mark the birth of Messiah in Bethlehem, and the wise men followed the star, but Jesus is the light of the world. So what if we can sing Here I Am to Worship? And it starts with those words, Light of the World, you step down.
1: Darkness, open my eyes, let me see. Be that made this heart adore you, hope of a life spent with. See?
0: so wonderful about Jesus that he was no accident he was God's intentional gift he wasn't an afterthought he was exactly who God wanted to give Jesus was God's on-purpose gift to you and I and that's what I, I see when I study prophecy that God wasn't making a mistake when he gave Jesus he did the whole thing on purpose in fact he told us about it hundreds of years and sometimes even thousands of years in advance. And um, that's what you're going to see today as we study the minor prophets, that God knew what he was doing, and he knows what he's doing. He's up to something. (laughs) He's up to something good. And uh, following this theme of the star, I want to sing this one that's a Christmas one called We Three Kings of Orient Are... And it talks about the star. You know, the wise men that came from the east, many think that they were generations after Daniel in Babylon, that they followed the star because of the predictions and the words that Daniel had written down from the prophecies of of old. And it was those wise men following the words of Daniel that followed the star to Bethlehem to find Christ. That's what this song is all about. (laughs)
1: forever so We
0: real good wherever you are I'm gonna check the comments here see what's going on with you my things there we go yes good morning hello I'm gonna say hi to everyone okay I'm gonna say hey Neil hey Lori hello Linda Connie Sally Angel Tim uh, Melissa, so many others and so many others more that are going to be joining on other platforms, some of you on YouTube and on Periscope and Twitter and on Twitch. Hello, hello and welcome to Church Online today. Glad you're joining me today. If you have a favorite Christmas song, will you put it in the comment section below and, and maybe I have it here on my sheet of Christmas songs. I'll keep pulling up the ones I like to sing, but... I've got, I think we're going to end with Oh Come All You Faithful. if you have other songs, Christmas songs, I'll see if I have it. But here's one that's a very favorite for most people. Silent
1: night, holy night. Loves pure light. Silent night, oh.
0: the story of Silent Night. It was a a German composer in the foothills of the Alps in Austria and I've been on the road to that cathedral. Interesting story about Silent Night. It's called Still Nacht in German and the interesting thing about it was the pipe organ which was a squeeze organ was where they pushed the bellows. Well it was a cold night in the Alps and the bellows had frozen and they you couldn't use the organ. so this composer composed silent night on a guitar on the first that first night it was performed in a tiny little church in austria and i just love it and it's one of those most beloved songs and and uh, when things get quiet we can finally listen to the voice of god let the holy spirit whisper how much he loves us and Guide us and help us. And that's why just taking time into the silent moments of your life and just praying and meditating and letting the Holy Spirit speak to you is such an important part of the of the spiritual life of the Christian life. And that light of God will light up your whole world if you'll let it. Hallelujah. Well, let's sing O Holy Night since we're on this, this gentle theme here. Oh, oh, oh.
1: The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our. The thrill
0: Christmas spirit. I know I am. My my screen's getting real bright, so I'm having a hard time seeing you. But I see you here on my on my iPad, so that's good. Oh, come, on ye faithful,
1: joy. Oh
0: Father, for sending your Son. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being with us today as we gather here online. Thank you that you kept us safe during this global pandemic. God, even during this political time of upheaval, God, we're still here. We're glorifying you. We thank you that you have an answer. It's on the way. You're a healer. You're a helper. You're a friend. You speak to us through your word. Your presence is with us, even as we gather virtually today. So bless the studying of your word, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. What time is it? Yeah, it's time to study God's word. So, would you do this? Would you grab your Bible? Would you share this link with a friend? Uh, Grab that link, facebook.com forward slash Pastor Wayne H, or you go to to, uh, my wall on Facebook and share that. Just press the share button. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just take that link and make a post of your own. You can do it on Instagram. You can also do it on Twitch. You can do it on Twitter and Periscope. I'm on those various, uh, various um, platforms. And I would love to have more people studying God's Word. And uh, I think we're going to gather here soon. Uh, I think God has a plan. I've been speaking with uh, an, another pastor here in town that may allow us to ha- use their building during the winter time. So keep your fingers crossed and your and c- fingers crossed and your knees bent on that everybody. Um and so I can't see you very well, but hopefully you can see me. Uh the camera settings are a little crazy on my phone. You guys can see me okay? Give me a thumbs up if you can. I can see the iPad and I can see your comments, but I just can't see myself. So it's a little freaky, but that's okay. Hey, so we're studying the minor prophets. Uh, We've gotten through um, the the major prophets and now we're into the minor prophets. And then we're going to do the Gospels, the early church. Um, in the book of Revelation, and then we'll be done with the teaching calendar in 2020. And how many of you are glad to get 2020 <laughs> behind you, right? I think we're going to be glad to see 2020 leave, <laughs> and a new year with new promise and new hope. Yes, very encouraging. Oh yes, Tim, very good. The one-year Bible, uh, Psalm 126, verse 1 and 2, and I hopefully that's today's uh one year passage but i'll double check looking at the one year bible here tim thank you keeping me on task here when it comes to that uh december 6th in the one year bible psalm 125 verse 1 and 2 are the highlighted verses you got it nailed there my friend a song for the pilgrims ascending to jerusalem i want to tell you a little bit, something about that real quick those who trust in the lord are as secure as as Mount Zion they will not be defeated but will endure forever just as the mountains surround Jerusalem so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever this is the word of the lord thanks be to god yes uh for song a song for pilgrims ascending to jerusalem you see jerusalem the temple mount is higher than everything else around it and when pilgrims would come to jerusalem they would sing their songs and their psalms they'd memorize these things as they would ascend mount zion and so these are psalms that they would sing and say as they came to the house of the lord as they came to the temple so isn't it good to know that we're safe and secure you know what? That the fact that we even have this technology that we can gather this way, that we can worship online, that we can study God's word, that we can, we can be socially distanced even though it's not our favorite. Um, God can still speak to us and speak through us and encourage us and we can gather in his name. And I'm uh, looking forward to gathering in person, and hopefully, we can do that. It turned out to be a really nice day. and So, if it gets, I would say, if it gets to like 65 degrees, we should be meeting at least outdoors in that amphitheater. But I understand guys wanted to, to, to be at home today, and that's fine. Um, but hey, let's get into the study the minor prophets. So, what we talked about, you remember the, the memory exercise I used remembering the major prophets? It was I jed. I, Jed, like J- Uncle Jed from the Beverly Hillbillies. I, Jed, stands for the four major prophets. Remember who they are? You wanna list them there for me? I stands for what, for who? For Isaiah, Isaiah. Then after I comes J. Who? Who's the next major prophet after Isaiah? It's a pretty easy one if you know the Old Testament prophets. Je- Jeremiah. Yep. Isaiah, Jeremiah. And what do you think the E stands for in IJED? IJED. Isaiah, Jeremiah. I'm looking at the comments. See if you're getting ahead of me. See if you can do it. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. And then the D in IJED. I'll give you a hint. He was in a den of lions, and the angel shut the lion's mouth. The D stands for Daniel, right? And there might be a second D. If you think about the major prophets of the Old Testament, who would the second D be? I'll give you a hint. He wrote the Psalms. (laughs) That's a big hint. Yeah. David. There we go, Meredith. Thank you. You get a gold star. Yes, Daniel, Ezekiel, Daniel, Jeremiah, and David. King David. He was a prophet. He was a prophet king. Not a priest, but a king prophet. And he saw a Messiah, and uh, uh, Psalm 22 is an amazing description of the crucifixion. And Jesus, in fact, quotes Psalm 22 when he's on the cross. And so those are the major prophets. Today we're gonna to be studying the minor prophets. So if you look in your Bible, let me just explain why we call them major prophets and minor prophets. We don't, we don't call them major because they're more important. We call them major because they have larger books. And the minor prophets are minor, not because they're unimportant, but just because their writings are smaller. And so their, their writings are just as important, but not quite as big. So the minor prophets are, and I don't have a memory, ver- I don't have a memory tool to remember all of them, so I'm just going to list them to you out of the contents and the index of my Bible. The minor prophets are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. These are all the minor prophets that came after the major prophets during the time of the exile and the return of the Jews back to Jerusalem. So we're gonna be studying five major points from the minor prophets, and let's get into it today. We're gonna start with the first minor prophet, which is Hosea, Hosea. So that comes right after Daniel. I'm gonna give you sort of an application point for each one of these and so uh, Hosea chapter 1 verse 10 um, fact, let's, I'll, let me go to, let's go to Hosea chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 first and then we'll go to chapter 1 later the Messiah I've titled this talk the Messiah in the Minor Prophets the Messiah in the Minor Prophets now God gave Hosea a very difficult calling he said Hosea I want you to marry a prostitute. Oof, that's a tough one, right? He says, I want you to marry a prostitute because that will be a, a, a sign, um, an allegory for how Israel has treated me. They've followed other gods. They've, they've uh, lusted after other gods. They've lusted after other things. They have not desired me. They've wandered away. And then, and then he has to go buy his wife back out of prostitution and show love to her again. And so this is an allegory, uh, like a a living parable of how God and Israel uh, were relating to one another. And so Hosea chapter 3 verse 1 through 5, we see Messiah predicted that God is going to buy back his people. Not only will he buy back Uh, Israel, but he's going to buy back those of us who've been in darkness once we've seen the great light of God. So this is what Hosea chapter 3 says, then the Lord said to me, go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. So I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. And then I said to her, you must live in my house for many days and stop your prostitution. During this time, you will not have sexual relations with anyone, not even me. And then I've highlighted this in my study here today, verse 4. This shows that Israel will go a long time without a king or a prince and without sacrifices, sacred pillars or priests, or even idols. But afterward... The people will return and devote themselves to the Lord, their God, and to David's descendant, their king. In the last days, they will tremble in awe of the Lord and of his goodness. We're seeing that happen right now. We've seen Israel restored after 2,000 years, basically, of exile. Israel has returned to her land and Jerusalem was once again become the capital of their nation. And they've lived without a king and with daily sacrifices for a very long time. And this is setting up this prophecy of of Hosea that Messiah is going to come, a descendant of David, Jesus Christ, the son of David, is going to come. And so Jesus is awesome in his goodness. Let me say that again. And you can write that down. Point number one, Jesus is awesome in his goodness. There's nobody as good as God. There's no one that can measure up to his holiness, to his his greatness, to his power, and even though he could he could he could crush us in judgment, he chooses to extend his hand of mercy, and he and his 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 anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts for an entire lifetime. And that's what we see that God over and over again is merciful. He's abounding in love, and so Hosea fulfills that calling in that and these. That prophecy of Hosea is being fulfilled and still to be fulfilled. The next minor prophet I want to look at is the prophet Joel. And much of the prophet Joel was was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost in the early church when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost when the cloven tongues of fire descended on the heads of all the believers and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and, this, and a, a, a great mighty wind shook the house where they were meeting and it was that infilling of the Holy Spirit that sent the, the Christians around the world to preach the gospel and to plant churches all over the world that every nation and tribe and tongue would hear the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That Jesus was God's perfect sacrifice so that mankind, not just Israel, but all of mankind could be reconciled to God. So looking in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 through 32. Again he's speaking about the last days. Verse 28 and he says, Then after all those things I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your your..." Uh, old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions in those days i will pour out my spirit even on servants men and women alike and i will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth blood and fire and columns of smoke the sun will become dark and the moon will be turned blood red before that great and terrible day of the lord arrives but everyone who calls upon the name of the lord will be saved isn't that wonderful the God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care if you're a male or female, Jew or Gentile, slave or free. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, if you're intelligent, or if you're, if you're a simple person. He loves us all. And he's got a plan for all of us to be reconciled to God, that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's, that's really a lot of the nuggets from Joel. And then we see Amos The next minor prophet. In fact, my name, Wayne, in the Old English means a wagon builder or burden lifter. Burden lifter. You know what Amos means in ancient Hebrew? It means burden lifter. So if I was going to change my name to a Hebrew uh, name, my my Hebrew equivalent to Wayne is Amos. So you could call me Amos if you wanted to. And Amos means burden lifter. So let's look in in Amos 9.11. I think it's interesting that the address is 911 because it's a prophetic uh, declaration of what God's going to do in the last days. And many would say that 911 was a history marker for the the age we've we've come to now. It's kind of the Pearl Harbor of this generation. 911 was the beginning of some global shakings and global shiftings and and cultural. Uh, Uh, determinations that God is doing something in the earth. 9-11 was the beginning of a lot of these things. Amos 9-11 says this, a promise of restoration. In that day I will restore the fallen house of David. I will repair its damaged walls. From the ruins I will rebuild it and restore its former glory. And Israel will possess what is left of Edom and all the nations that I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken, and He will do these things. The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and the grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested, when the terraced vineyards of the hills of Israel will drip with sweet wine, and I will... Bring my exiled people of Israel back from distant lands and they will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them again. They will plant vineyards and gardens and they will eat their crops and drink their wine and I will plant them firmly there in their own land and they will never again be uprooted from the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. Isn't that wonderful? That a planting of the Lord cannot be uprooted Once God's begun a thing, no one can stop it. If God's in something, there's nothing man can do. If God is for us, who in the world can be against us? No weapon formed against us will prosper. It reminds me of something that Jeremiah says uh, in Jeremiah 2.20. He says, long ago I broke the yoke that oppressed you, and uh, I tore away the chains of your slavery, but still you said, I will not serve you. Verse 21, but I was the one who planted you, choosing a vine of purest stock, the very best. How did you grow into this corrupt wild vine? No amount of soap or lie can make you clean. Still, I see the stain of your guilt. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. You see, God has planted us, and he wants to purify us. You're made in the image of God. God has a plan for you. He wants you to adopt you into his family. And the whole plan of the Old Testament was that God would reconcile mankind to himself. Jesus has come not to abolish the Old Testament, but to fulfill the Old Testament. Jesus is God's perfect sacrifice. He is the Messiah who came and who's coming again to receive us unto himself, and then he's coming to establish his rule and his reign on the earth. And that's much of what these prophecies are about with the minor minor prophets. Well, we go on to see these other prophets. We see Obadiah. And Obadiah talks about the exiles returning again. Ex, uh, Obadiah chapter... Um, there's only one chapter in Obadiah, so it's chapter 1, I guess. Uh, verse 20 and 21 says, The exiles of Israel were turned to their land to occupy the Phoenician coast as far north as Zarephath, which is like modern-day uh, Lebanon. The captives from Jerusalem, exiled in the north, will return home and resettle the towns in the Negev. And those who have been rescued will go up to Mount Zion in Jerusalem to rule over the mountains of Edom, which is modern-day Jordan. And the Lord himself will be their king. God is going to restore Israel and the kingdoms around Israel. He's going to bring back the exiles that have been um, dispersed for the last 2,000 years. And these other prophets that come, Jonah, you see Jonah came and he went to Nineveh, which is in modern day Mosul in Iraq. Um, he, he was there to prophesy against the city. He said he didn't need to re- repent because God's going to destroy the city. And the city repents. And then Jonah gets mad that God doesn't destroy the city. He goes, God, I knew you were going to do this. I knew that you were you were abounding love. you're You're quick to forgive. <laughs> and he was angry that God was so loving and gracious and kind. But we need to remember that God is gracious and kind to us. I mean with the time when you want God's mercy, remember, don't be mad when he's merciful to someone else because he's going to be merciful to you. And I think that's the lesson of Jonah. The next minor prophet is Micah. And Micah gives us some really practical advice about how should we walk? How should we live? How should we behave? And Micah is calling Israel back to holiness from repentance. And here's what it says in Micah 6, verse 6. He says, Now what can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bow before God Most High with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and ten thousands rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No. Verse 8. O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Michael says, God's not looking for a bunch of money from you. God's not looking for you to punish yourself. God's not looking for you to sacrifice your firstborn. He says, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. It's simple. What does God want from us? Do the right thing. Treat people the way you'd want to be treated. Be merciful. Love mercy. Show mercy. Not only desire mercy, but show mercy to those who you could clobber. And then be humble. Even if you have a, a great reason to be prideful or, or um, arrogant or uh, to feel like you have the ability to lord it over people, don't do it. Walk humbly. The best kind of leaders to, the follow, to follow are the humble leaders who realize that, hey, they're but for the grace of God, they could go a different way. They, they are just fortunate to be in the circumstance that they're in. That's great advice from Micah. Of course, we see many more uh, prophets, minor prophets, that just call us to holiness, that call us to a place of holy living. And I call these the exile prophets. Some of them prophesy against Judah, some of them prophesy against Samaria, some of them prophesy against the surrounding kingdoms and Egypt and Edom and Assyria and Babylon. And you see all kinds of different combinations of prophecies uh, for calling people back to holy living. Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. They all bring us to this place of hey, turn and live, ask God for forgiveness. Stop sinning. Start doing the right things. Realize that that uh, God's, God is merciful, but there is going to come a time when the hammer comes down, the door of grace, the door of opportunity closes, and it's over. And here's what it says in Malachi chapter 4, speaking about the coming day of judgment, and this is the last book of the Old Testament before we get into the Gospels. Malachi 4.1 so the Lord of Heaven's army says, The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On the day of the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw, they will be consumed, roots and